Hi everyone, I'm Howard Altschuler, Weaver's Real Estate Leader, and this is the Location Cube Podcast. Last time we had Aaron Griss join us as a guest, and by popular demand from many of you, you wanted him back. So Aaron is back. Aaron, what are we here to talk about today? Howard, I've heard a lot about adaptive reuse recently, you mm-hmm. know, commercial to multifamily renovations. Mm-hmm. And I've had, I got a lot of questions. Okay. So how much is this really going on? Um, is it happening in DFW or other parts of the country? So it's a good thing that we're going to talk about commercial to residential. And you know, this really isn't something that's new, new. So. A lot of times this has been happening for the last couple of decades actually, but on a smaller scale. And what you ended up seeing was a lot of loft redevelopment. So you would have an old factory, an old warehouse, something like that, maybe five, six stories tall, and they would turn them into loft apartments and sell those, rent those. Um, In fact, there's some right around the corner from the studio here that we're at, um, others in, in other cities. But what's been happening recently has been more of like the high rise conversions from a large, you know, 40-story office building, trying to turn it into um, residential. Mm -hmm. And it's really happening everywhere. So there's a number of projects that are going on right now in Texas and other locations. Um, And for example, one, a few of them in Houston. One of them is the Esperson building, which actually I used to work in that building for, okay. for a client. It was a little haunted, so that's gonna be interesting. <laughs> um, a company called Cameron Management is doing that. Um, 1801 Smith in Houston, and then also the Exxon headquarters building um, is being done by a company called CMI, who I believe is out of New York. Um, in Dallas, we have Energy Plaza is getting done by Todd Interest. Santander Tower, a joint venture with Wood, Woods Capital and Mintwood Real Estate. In Fort Worth, you've got 309 West 7th um, that's being done by Blue Lofts, mm-hmm. and the Fort Worth National Bank, which is going to be done by 3L. Also, a lot of activity in other locations, Chicago, New York. One that I recently read about in New York was um, One Wall Street, Harry Macklow, who's more of a, historically been more of a um, commercial builder or commercial developer, is turning a large office building into residential. So, happening all over the place, um, quite, quite the trend nowadays. Mm-hmm. Is there a specific type of building that it's easier to do this with or that makes more sense? That's where the real challenge is Mm -hmm. because a lot of people would think, you know, well, we'll just take an office building and turn it into a residential building. There's a lot of pitfalls that that go Mm -hmm. into that. Um, let's, Let's think. Number one is you've got plumbing. So if you have, if you're turning, you know, apartments into, say, I'm sorry, an office building into say 10 floor, ten apartments on a floor. Mm-hmm. That means you've got to have at least 20 bathrooms, um, including showers, tubs, sinks, toilets. Right now, you've got an, in the core a men's room and a women's room. Right. So you got to reroute all the plumbing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of the issue. Another part of the issue is light. So if you've got a typical building with elevator core in the middle of it, you've got a lot of room between where the elevators are and the windows. So how do you get enough light into the apartment in order to make that work? Um, I've heard, I read recently about one developer that's actually kind of doing some like den space, kind of in this part of the, you know, closer to the elevator and, you know, bedroom space closer to the windows. Mm-hmm. I've also heard stories about people coring out huh. the middle of the building in order to have it to where, you know, the width of the apartment isn't, quite that big so there's not as much room between the door 
and the window. So, you know, in a lot of cases, what I'm hearing is a lot of buildings that are better suited for this are more along the lines of buildings that were built before the 70s. Um, they don't have quite the same floor plate size, probably a little bit more flexibility. And if you think about maybe real old buildings, say pre-World War II, those are probably great candidates because those were developed before you had air conditioning. Mm -hmm. So they had lots of, um, you know, they didn't have the big curtain walls, so they had lots of different you know, use and ease and what have you. So lots of windows and lots of light coming in everywhere in the building. Okay. This all sounds really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Is, does it really make sense to do this rather than just tear down the building and start over? You know, it, it, it depends what you want to accomplish, I guess. I mean, for starters, you've got a lot of cases where, especially with the older buildings, there are historical buildings and they're protected. Mm -hmm. So that makes it really challenging. Um, you know, we've heard stories about where, you know, especially with those buildings, you have to keep things the way they were. If you remember on our bus tour, sure. we had talked about that and some of the challenges with keeping the building, maintaining the historical purpose because there's historical tax credits that come yeah. along with that. A lot of incentives to, to make this happen. But I haven't yet heard of a building that they're renovating and turning it into attainable housing. Mm -hmm. um, it's all really expensive stuff. Right. The companies that are doing this are doing this you know, to do luxury product. I think they want to make a statement. So yes, it's insanely expensive to do all this work mm -hmm. because you gotta buy the building, sure. then you gotta gut it, then you gotta maybe do some serious structural renovations, maybe asbestos remediation or other environmental. So you really wanna be able to sell it or rent it out at pretty high rates in order to be able to make up your investment. Mm -hmm. So with the buildings, this doesn't make sense to do. It's too expensive mm -hmm. and office is struggling. What happens to those buildings? Well, that's a good question. You know, wrecking ball, dynamite, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I think one of the things that I've said many, many, many times on this podcast is that office will be coming back. So the question becomes, is it really struggling because it's just a bad office building that doesn't need to be there? Or is it not positioned correctly? Mm -hmm. So it may be a matter of the owner of the building going, you know what, I've got a B building and it just ain't working. I'm not gonna be able to sell it to someone to redevelop it. I'm really not gonna knock it down. Um, maybe I need to reposition the building as a C building, maybe reposition it as a shared workspace, take the hit on that, but still have a building that's going to be attractive to somebody in order to come in and lease it up. Because there's always gonna be people who are going to be more interested in how much is it, I need the space, mm -hmm. I don't need to spend a lot of money on the space. And you know, depending on what type of job you have there, depending on what stage of the company, there's generally space for, you know, there's a need for every different type of space, so it just becomes a matter of getting it priced right. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about how there's some historical tax credit savings. Is there any other government help that these companies can get? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's several w ways that the governments can help. I mean, one of them, like we talked about, you've got the historical tax credits. Mm -hmm. um, another one that's really becoming to the forefront is zoning. Mm -hmm. So right now in certain cities, obviously Houston's not much of an issue on that because Houston <laughs> doesn't have zoning. But in a lot of these, in a lot of cities, you've got certain zoning limitations. So for example, maybe you've got a um, number of units on a floor limitation, um, or maybe number of units per you know, per ground area, like an FAR type thing. Um, and if the governments can perhaps, the local governments can maybe modify zoning to make it easier to allow for, the, for um, these types of projects to proceed, I think that would, would go very well. Mm -hmm. I think also just general, 
you know, potential credits from a, a redevelopment standpoint. Because here's the thing is, like I said before, unfortunately, most of these buildings are being done on a luxury basis. But there is such a housing need in our country and in a lot of our cities. And so probably the biggest way that there could be help would be to find a way that the government can help subsidize some projects and have a developer that's willing to do these renovations and turn them into attainable housing. Mm -hmm. I saw there was a proposal in New York um, where the governor said there was going to be tax credits mm -hmm. for the mm -hmm. for these conversions. Right, mm -hmm. and that's you know moving forward. But like anything else, it's you know you you always have a um, political battles sure. to fight. And right. unfortunately, the thing about New York is you've got you know a classic case of you know the tail wagging the dog. You know you've got a really big state that is mostly suburban or rural, and then one giant city right. in a corner. So always a challenge there. Okay. So what are we going to see in the future? I think we're going to see more of this. I mean, there's still, as long as you've got office buildings that need to be redone, it's going to happen. I think as long as a lot of the developers who are doing these projects are going to continue to make money at it, there's no reason why they wouldn't. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a need um, for the product, otherwise it wouldn't be selling out. Uh, I think the challenge is going to be over the next several years, how does financing look? Um, will, you know, when are interest rates going to start to maybe level off to where people are a little bit more comfortable getting some debt financing? Um, doing the deal to actually buy the buildings. Um, but I don't, I don't see this going away anytime soon. Well, that's all the time we have left on Location Cubed. If you like what you heard, hit the like button. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, you can find all of our thought leadership and other podcasts at weaver.com. Thanks. Mm -hmm.